and welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Gavin. Hello, Gavin. How's it going? It's going, my man. It's going. <laughs> We've uh, We missed last week again. Our apologies. But uh, I have been busy as heck for all of the right reasons, all of the best reasons you could possibly imagine, which I will get to here shortly. But hopefully we won't be missing any more. But I have some great, exciting news in regards to AJ, which is why my life's been a little chaotic over the last couple of weeks, including when we missed the first time, uh, but also last week. So my apologies, but this should be coming out tomorrow. We're recording Tuesday evening. I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow morning. Uh, and then we'll definitely have one for next week, even though we're uh, coming into the holidays. Uh, this is being recorded the Tuesday before American Thanksgiving, a big holiday here. But yeah, we really shouldn't miss any from this point forward, hopefully. And yeah, so uh, how are you? Good, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, I've I've got extra adrenaline pumping through my system oh. because... Based on today's topic, I've been listening to a lot of music uh-huh. with headphones on and uh, Streets of L.A., beware, because I'm going to be walking through them. Yeah, or the Streets of Siam should be aware, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I made a whole play, a workout playlist last week uh, for, like, specifically the really, like, the workout jams, and I was just like, oh, man, this is too hard. Uh, and this episode <laughs> was Gavin's wonderful idea which we'll get to later but i'm also like you son of a gun because this is maybe the hardest list we've ever done i don't know we we gavin and i are notorious for right up until the time of recording of switching our list and when we first started doing listicles as they are called sometimes we did top tens which was a lot easier in fact sometimes with some of the early ones i actually had to i struggled to fill the top 10 but those took forever. We usually had to break them up into two episodes. And although some of them are great, like our top 10 kickers was easy, right? It was just too much. So the bigger challenge is now doing these top fives, which uh, we always want to break the rules. And we're like, no, let's stick with it. So yeah, but anywho, what's new with you? Uh, I would just say enjoying enjoying the pre-holiday like quietness at the, at the office, getting a lot of work done mm. uh, also getting to listen to a lot of music ahead of uh with, with the office being empty but uh yeah I'm, I'm doing everything's going quite well how about you excellent uh if amazing you, you some, i yes. do have some exciting news hold on i'm gonna clean my camera real quick see if that helps that's mm-hmm. it anywho uh yes extremely exciting news so some listeners may already know because i've told some people but uh and I've talked about it in the past, so my my dream job, my goal has been to become a college, so in America, for our international listeners, like a community college teacher or instructor and teaching film studies. So my bachelor's degree was in film. Then I went back to school to get my master's degree in film studies, specifically to teach at the community college level. So this journey began uh, technically what would be like six years ago now. Uh, no, excuse me, five years ago now. Uh, yeah, that's right, right? Because it's two, uh, 2023 and then it was 2000. Yes, no, wait, no. So yeah, six years ago, almost six years ago. And uh, I finished grad school in 2020. And for the last three and a half years, I've been really working towards it. 
struggling, getting close, not so close. Anywho, I have finally been officially hired to teach film studies at the community college level. And I will begin teaching at Fresno City College in January. I will be teaching Film One Intro to Film. So I will start off with one class, and then in the fall, I should hopefully have a couple more. I have been hired on officially. The paperwork has gone through. I am in the process of doing that. Uh, I've been hired as an adjunct instructor. So hopefully one day I'll be able to reach that uh, coveted full-time tenure track. But in the meantime, I am... I finally have my foot in the door. It's super exciting. This is what I've been working towards. It's a long time coming. And the last couple of weeks has been not only the final interview process and so forth, but a lot of paperwork and me running around mm-hmm. and getting my like fourth set of fingerprints done this year, working in education, you know, and then uh, having to fill out all the paperwork, get this signed, get that signed, send it out, blah, 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 this and that. So that's what I've uh, been uh, doing. And also on top of that with my current job, which I uh, enjoy. Uh, it's, uh, progress reports. So we've been doing that with the students and all this, et cetera, et cetera. So just been very busy, but yes, that is my super exciting, amazing news. Uh, bad news is I will probably never be able to go on the Kung Fu Geniuses Hong Kong tour. Should have gone this summer, but alas, it's all for good reasons. So jokingly, uh, Topher and myself, Topher, who is, uh, has a great new podcast. He's the other Wing Chun guy. Uh, <laughs> we were joking. We are, cause he also works in academia. We were going to do the less than stellar Hong Kong Kung Fu tour, uh, with a side trip to Macau, uh, cause he has his Kung Fu roots in Macau. So, uh, but all joking aside, yes, that is my exciting news. That's what's been taking up my time. So pretty much once I finish all this paperwork from this point forward, it's just going to be brushing up, working on my syllabus. Uh, and yeah, I'm super excited to get going. This is what I've been working for. This is what I want to do with my life because I love movies. No, it's a fantastic breakthrough uh, for you and a fantastic addition to academia for academia. Uh, seriously, you're like, you know, we... We talk about uh, films a lot on this. We talk about yes. films a lot when we're not on this podcast. And True. your your knowledge of film, uh, you're able to your your ability even when we're in just having like light conversation to link it to uh, to the academic side, to the historical side, to to be able to split. Uh, hairs and be able to kind of explain genres, subgenres, and the his, historical roots of, of of filmmaking and storytelling that led into the filmmaking is just fantastic. So I think it's a really big, uh, really big win for your institution that you're joining. Yes. And I look forward to the continued path of Professor Ricciardi. Uh, yeah, thank you. And not just any institution, the oldest community college in the state of California. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, Fresno City College. So happy to be uh starting there and hopefully building my whole career there. I'd love to, uh, you know, establish some roots, you know, settle down finally. So yeah, that's my big exciting news. In terms of martial arts movie news, something that just came up today uh, that's just been blowing up the internet uh, (laughs) and Gavin sent me something related to it. And so pretty much there is going to be a new Karate Kid movie with both Ralph Macchio as Daniel Sun, from what it seems, and Jackie Chan as Mr. Han. 
So from what I've read, they are playing their respected characters. This isn't some like secondary reboot. Uh, So they are both playing their characters from their uh, films in their the Karate Kid universe, I guess you could say, which, I mean, they could easily be explained together. They'll come up with something. But the other exciting news is they are doing an open casting call worldwide for the next Karate Kid. Sorry, Hilary Swank, that's not you, next Karate Kid. That it's is the next brand. next. Yeah. So Gavin did suggest I, I send in my audition. I said, yeah, you know what? We've already had enough Karate Kids. Let's do the Karate Man. There you go. There yep. you go. Yep. So uh, we should do a little short film and then send it in. <laughs> I would be 100% uh, supportive of that. You could be John Kreese. Yes. And Mr. Miyagi. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a Mr. Miyagi. I'll, I'll also be Terry Silver for you. Oh, excellent. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting news. And to be honest with you, if they were to... Obviously, I'm looking forward to the sixth and final season of Cobra Kai, uh, and I'm sure they'll wrap it up. But if they were to do a movie, this is what I want to see them do. Because this is the most intriguing to me, the most exciting, and the most difficult to pull off. So that's what makes it captivating to me, Mm -hmm. is the fact that it's not just, okay, another reboot, or oh, a continuation, or oh, uh, a sequel to the Jackie Chan one, because quite frankly, the best part of that film was Jackie Chan, whose performance in that is extremely underrated. His acting performance is fantastic. Uh, Absolutely. Which is the best takeaway from that version of The Karate Kid. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to see what they're doing. Uh, Yeah, but anyways, that's the main thing in martial arts movie news. There's also been some uh, pictures floating around the internet of Donnie Yen's new film he's doing. Uh, Oh, I forget the name of it, but it looks like, you know, contemporary action scene. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, I I, I did see that uh, Scott Atkins is working on one one, one more shot, shot more. or one, one more shot, shot yeah. more. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's with uh, James Dunn, right? Is that his name? The director? Yes. Uh, and it's on a plane. And it's on a plane. So, wow. Way more cla- claustrophobic. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that's going to make some things easier, some things a lot more difficult. So, yeah, we both highly enjoyed one shot. So, and Passenger 57. So put the two together. Gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, cool. And speaking of, oh, well, do you have any quotes today? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't be a bad guy. Don't be a bad guy. Be a nice guy. Would you like me to say it the way it was said in the movie? Yeah, I have a feeling it's someone talking to themselves in a mirror or something or or, mm. pump, or you know, prepping themselves, but go ahead. Don't be a bad guy. Don't be a bad guy. Be a nice guy. Oh, Mr. Nice Guy? <laughs> no. I was like, oh, I, I didn't think that was No, no, nice Steven guy, but... Seagal was not in Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, that was Steven Seagal? That was Steven Seagal of Out for Justice. Yes, very accurate. Oh. And I just blew it, sorry, but. Okay, Out for Don't Justice. Don't be a bad guy. Be a nice guy. Oh, okay, I get, yeah, because of his Italian accent, I see. Yeah. Steven Seagal. Don't be a bad uh, being nice. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do his his fake yeah. Sicilian accent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Bobby, don't be a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Be a nice guy. <laughs> uh, something like somebody, that. Somebody seen Richie? Does anybody know why I pop Bobby Lupo? Huh? <laughs> Does anybody know why I pop Bobby Lupo? Man, I'll tell you that. what is popping is your microphone oh, yeah, for I sure. Know. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and without that badge and a gun, you are nothing. Oh, without this badge and gun, huh? Without this badge. Yeah, without that badge and gun, you're nothing. You're nothing. Oh, without this badge and gun, huh? I'm going to put this badge and gun right here. 
So yeah, that was pretty much you just have to do a really bad Italian New Yorker accent. And then it just becomes Steven Seagal and Out for Justice. Yes. Okay. Well, back to my original note when you mentioned Passenger 57. Speaking of fantastic movie soundtracks, today our episode is going to be our top five martial arts movie soundtracks. So no real caveat set for this. I think we set ourselves some own rules, but yeah, obviously they have to be martial arts films. This list was very difficult for both of us. We probably have 20 something entries we'd like to have on there. Our lists were evolving, you know, all the way up until recording. But do you want to talk about how uh, this idea first came to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I, we we had done a Dr. No episode in honor of your, your father's you only twice. birthday. You only live twice. Yes. As a as a, an homage to your uh, father's birthday. Yes. And uh, so we were going to have an episode dropping on August 16th, my father's birthday. And so we were going to, I came up, he's a musician, jazz musician. Why not uh, do a soundtrack episode? Of course, we ended up going to a live screening, I think. That was knockoff. Yes. So yes. we talked about knockoff, and we decided to push this to a a sort of a, a holiday holiday season because you know that's when we would all get together as family. So we came up with the the idea of talking about top five or our favorite uh, soundtracks, and I got to tell you, AJ is spot on. At least twenty. Uh, Soundtracks could make it onto this list. And it's okay. really hard to delineate what – so, like, for me, I had to define what is a good soundtrack, what defines a good soundtrack. And I Sizing. think we both did this. And, and like, we're I think we're going to cite some samples of, like, how I define a good soundtrack. And uh, you might cite some examples as well. Um, and I think by doing the honorable mentions, that will definitely uh, yeah. establish the criteria that eventually had us pick our finalists. Uh, as opposed to us right now saying, well, it had to be this and it had to be that. Yeah. But really just kind of out the gate, uh, for me, it had to be something. So obviously a martial arts film, it had to accentuate the film itself. Mm -hmm. It had to be related to the martial arts. It had to be specifically connected to the film. In some cases, it actually helps uh, drive the narrative. In some cases, it actually makes the film better, but it really had to have that connection in that sense. Some of my honorable mentions were so close. Uh, for me, th this wasn't a, ne a necessary thing, but sometimes it was not only did it have to have the score, it also had to have some more like pop songs on there, was also a plus, but not always. So there, there was a lot of, you know, it, it needed more than just one song because uh, certain soundtracks have an amazing song that's some of my favorite. Like, for example, it's not on my honorable mentions, but uh, No Retreat, No Surrender, Stand on Your Own is mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite jams. Stand on your own. There's no retreat. There's no surrender. But that's really, I mean, and I like the rest of the soundtrack, but yeah, it's not making my list. Sorry. You know, so, I, you're spot on. I mean, it's it's like there there's soundtracks that are out there that there's also... They're films that almost sound like they have a completely different soundtrack than when you pull up the soundtrack uh, recording. Right. You know, it's more like they're releasing songs that were, weren't even in the film. Marked for Death, for example, has songs on that soundtrack yep. that don't even appear in the final credits. Because, you know, sometimes they try to slip in 30 seconds of a song to sell sell the CD. But uh, 
Yeah. Agreed. That was another thing. It's like, because sometimes I'd look up, I was like, I don't remember that song in the movie. And then it's not, right? It's just associated with it. Definitely something with the 90s where they do that. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, I will do my honorable mentions first. Okay. So that you can kind of see how I'm going to hopefully uh, expedite this process. All right. And if I forgot any films, I apologize. There's a key one on my honorable mentions I completely forgot about until Gavin mentioned it to me the other day. But here we go. Honorable mentions. And once again, sorry, folks, if this would have made your list, but hopefully our reasoning will explain. Number one, Blade. Awesome. Techno theme song in the club opening is incredible. The techno theme like during the finale is incredible. The actual score is great. But really, I mean, it's that techno song everyone thinks about that's the main driving factor that would and that just wasn't enough for me sorry uh nor the finale plus not to mention the soundtrack is also you can get a hold of the score but not those techno songs it's actually really hard to get a, a hold of the original version unless you listen to it on youtube so once again blade is great but sorry didn't make it this one which would probably be on most people's uh maybe it's on yours uh maybe i should put it farther uh at the end of the more uh, the uh honorable mentions but mortal kombat so the theme incredible it started that techno theme song uh kind of craze right uh so mortal kombat by the immortals uh you've also got the the song from the reptile fight uh with uh keith cook which is an absolute banger the rest of the soundtrack it's cool, but it's not really that great. Once again, this is kind of one of those examples of one song being associated with a film and you automatically thinking the whole soundtrack is phenomenal. Soundtrack's great, just didn't make my top five. If you were to do like theme songs, yeah, Mortal Kombat would be in that top five, I think, hands down. So next one, oh, this is a tough one. One of my all-time favorites for you and I, Nostalgia Factor, you know which one I'm going to say. You're already looking at me. Wheels on Meals, aka yes. the Spartan X soundtrack. Now, the the theme of the Spartan X soundtrack for, or the Wheels on Meals original English dub, the doom. And there's also some other great songs thrown throughout there, like the the whole montage of uh, with Lola Forner where they're getting like you know establishing their crew and stuff, and the, the, some great chasing music. So mm -hmm. the soundtrack overall is great, but that was a definite example of just one song being the driving factor. Now that could be on once again on a top five list of like all time favorite martial arts movie songs, but just couldn't make the list. Next one, Drunken Master Two. The original Drunken Master 2 soundtrack, not the Legend of Drunken Master one. Great example of the original soundtrack being far superior in the second one, destroying the movie. Drunken Master 2, just a great soundtrack. You got a pop version of the Wong Fei Hung theme sung by Jackie Chan uh, over the credits and stuff, and it's on the soundtrack. Just the score throughout is great. Great traditional Chinese music, helps accentuate the action. Really, really fantastic. You can find that on Apple Music. Uh, next one, Dragon the Bruce Lee Story. Fantastic <laughs> theme, fantastic music throughout. It's been ripped off on so many commercials and movies. Just the other day, I was playing it when doing research, and Jessica was in the car with me, and she's like, wait, this is from Dragon the Bruce Lee Story? I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> and it was close to being on there. But really, it's the main theme that da, 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 da. and the rest is great. But I think what made this one a little bit weaker for me was the fact that it didn't have this one felt like it needed like a pop song to go with it or something. And it didn't have I love this soundtrack on any other day. It could have made my top five, but it did not. Next one, Karate Kid. This is the one you brought up the other day that completely slipped my memory. Fantastic soundtrack. The score is great. The pop music from the 80s is great. You got Cruel Summer by, I think, what, Bananarama? It's a cruel, cruel, cruel summer. You've also got, uh, you know, You're the Best Around, which is the one most people associate with it. Great soundtrack, but really, you know, you got those two songs. You got some other 80s hits. Just it just didn't it's, make my list. It, it's all, I'll interject here because it's also on my honorable mentions as well. There are too many 
hits. Yes. And it shies away too much from the Bill Conti theme, which can be actually emotionally provoking. Yes. And none of the songs are really martial arts driven either, uh, aside from the obviously you're the best around. Next one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is a, a great fantastic soundtrack yo-yo ma the the score throughout is really good uh i have one i have a, like some a, a couple similar on my actual list but this one also has a pop song in uh by coco lee may she rest in peace uh mm. love before time which was actually nominated for the oscar both the mandarin and english version are fantastic once again this is one of those ones that could have easily made it but just did not next one quick little shout out if you consider this a martial arts movie the matrix just has a pretty good soundtrack the score and a lot of you know, hits from that time. You got freaking Rob Zombie on there, Prodigy, Rammstein. So it's a it's a banger of a soundtrack, but just wasn't going to make my list. Last one. This is the one that was floating on and off, on and off. And I went with a different one and you'll see why. And I think you'll agree. Uh, best of the best. Best of the best was the closest we got to a Rocky Four replica in martial arts movies. Uh, the the what I would consider the main theme, Tales of Power by Jim Capaldi, the soundtrack version, not the one you could find under his own personal albums is incredible. It's the opening song in the movie. It's one of my all-time favorite inspirational workout songs. I tried to have it as my walkout music for my last fight. Unfortunately, it was not on Spotify. Uh, there's also some other great ones in there. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It by Golden Earring, which is the bar room fight, which is incredible. Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. Technically, Radar Love's in there, but that's one of those ones that's kind of hidden in the, mm-hmm. on there playing on the radio. They probably got the rights to it because they had Golden Earring on the soundtrack. Where this one kind of falters a little bit is some of the other songs throughout the film. They're, they're trying to be like Rocky IV-esque, and they're good imitations, but that's exactly what they are, imitations. Yep. Even the actual song, Best of the Best, Be the Best of the Best, is, you know, it's it's an imitation and they're trying. So this was the one that was really hard for me to not put on there. But once again, it came down to two songs this time, which was Tales of Power and The Devil Made Me Do It. And I just couldn't put them, put it on there just for those, for the sake of those. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, yep, that's my honorable mentions. Uh, so I think I got through that pretty fast. Go! Yes, you did. So for me, like, again, uh, one of the, what I want to walk away from when I listen to a, a, a soundtrack, when I hear it, I want to remember something from the film. So Jaws, I remember the shark. You hear the theme, you think of the shark. Or I want to be like something in the film. Mission Impossible. I don't want to be like Tom Cruise or Peter Graves. I am Ethan Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Or Once Upon a Time in the West. I'm floating out in that time, and I anything is possible when I listen to those types of soundtracks. So that's how the one of those factors has to make it into my top five list, if not two or three. Right. With uh, so it has to be standalone, but also might make me remember a film or might make me f- just elevate me. Uh, so my audible mentions has at least one of those in that factor. Again, so like you, songs that a soundtrack might have a great song, but it doesn't like float my boat. We talked about Spartan X, Wheels on Meals. You got that already. You talked about Blade, same reasons. Miracles, the Anita movie theme song right in the middle is fantastic. So are you I talking love about it. Uh, uh, English, uh, Rose, Rose, I Love You? Rose, Rose, I Love You. Yes. yes. Fantastic. So, yeah. Just it it has the right feel to it. I just it's just uh, a lot of the Hong Kong soundtracks at that time were maybe popped in and out of like really good and then and not as memorable. Good choice. Um, uh, another film that I love 
the soundtrack, but they're really only two songs is Hitman with Chuck Norris. Uh, so Joe DeRoin does the does the trumpet solo at the end of the at the end of the film and also throughout the film. And then and Andy Preboy. Yeah, I was saying hit does, us with the best one. Yeah. Andy Preboy, uh fantastic theme song. I remember watching that movie on videotape in Japan, uh Upon what's My the, Wicked Son. What's the name of this? Oh, there we go. Upon My Wicked Son. He opens the film. It's fantastic. It's one of the best film openings. And the song and the the just, it's just fantastic. I wrote his name down in a book because I'm like, I've never heard of this guy. Years later, uh, I see his name pop up. He's playing in in, in, in in LA, like a real small venue. I go to it. We end up talking. We end up becoming friends. And who would have thought that I would become like friends with Somebody who did the opening soundtrack to the 1991 Chuck Norris Hitman. And side note, Gavin reintroduced me to that song because seeing that movie as a kid, didn't really enjoy it. But he's like, but what about the theme? I'm like, what are you talking about? He reintroduced me to that song and I was just blown away so much so that I have multiple action movie soundtrack playlists yeah. of like, I think it's number three. That is the opening song of the playlist that I always have to start off with. Because if you need to get yourself going with a workout, that's the per especially if it's like, all right, you're doing your pre-workout stretching. Yep. That's the perfect, like, man, it gets you pumped up. I know, I know there's a version of it in uh, Roadhouse, but I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Andy Preboy's version is the best version. Yes. Another movie that has a great smooth jazz soundtrack. We already we already touched on it. I think it has one of the best martial art film openings martial art action film openings ever is Passenger 57 by Stanley Clark, 1992. I love that film. I listened and re-listened and re-listened to the soundtrack to try and get it in my top five. It was there a few times and popped back and forth. So good. Um, For me, I, I just think that I was going more with straightforward martial arts films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's the other thing. And I, I also put Rising Sun in my honorable mentions oh, okay. because there's one fight scene, but it's also a soundtrack by Toru Takemitsu, who is a phenomenal composer and it just it actually that that if it if there were more martial art fight scenes in the in the movie the, the music was was prepping us for yes. it but we didn't get that so let me see there's one other movie that keeps going back and forth i'm going to throw it on my honorable mentions it's the samurai fiction soundtrack and i'll just say it's on the honorable mentions because there are only maybe one or two songs that make me recall the film and it's the comedic moments it's by the star of the film, uh, Tomoyasu Hote, who was a massive like rock star in Japan who ended up starring in this movie and then just did the whole soundtrack. So it's really a nice collaboration between the director, star, and composer, but it's on the honorable mentions. And of course, you mentioned Karate Kid. I already did that. Blade. Uh, my friend Ron mentioned Master of the Flying Guill Guillotine. Guillotine. It, yeah, it's it's hard with any of those old ones because you yeah. don't know how much they're ripping off from other movies. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot of like German rock or kraut yeah. rock. So, yeah. but he he was like, this is the best soundtrack. You got to listen to it. But so I think that leaves one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five on my list, and I'm still vacillating. But let's go. Yeah, last honorable mention, real quick. I forgot to say, uh, Police Story with Jackie Chan because mm. the theme is so iconic. But it's just that theme, right? Uh, I mean, and. The, the score, but yeah, it's the theme, which is Jackie singing great. But I mean, how much you remember of the rest of the soundtrack? Exactly. All righty, here we go. I'll get us kicked off. Number five. I don't think you could do this list without this entry, at least for one of us. And I'm going to put it on there. It bounced on and off, but it makes it on there for all the right reasons. I was trying to talk it off. 
at some points, but then I was trying to talk it on and I realized, no, it could talk itself on. Now, are the, is the music really martial arts related? No, the theme is, but you cannot do a top five martial arts movie soundtrack list without Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. <laughs> Let me tell you, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. When Motown makes a martial arts film, you put that soundtrack on your list. And I love the soundtrack. I've been working out to it for years. So it, it shouldn't have been controversial. It was just more so like, I think it's because of it has so many great pop hits. It literally, okay. Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge is from this film, right? And so you you think it's just a, because music is part of the plot. So it's not like a throwaway. And that's kind of what I was telling. Oh, well, it's not martial arts related. Well, it is directly related to the plot. It's part of uh, Vanity's character's show where she shows music videos and stuff. So for those that don't know, Barry Gordy is the godfather of Motown. Motown. Uh, music, you know, which gave birth to The Temptations, Stevie Wonder, uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, such influential music for future R&B, funk, rock and roll, everything in between. I mean, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson, who, guess what, is on this soundtrack. So let me tell you exactly who's on this soundtrack. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, let's see here. The Last Dragon. So The Last Dragon, the theme, which is fantastic. So it has like one of the best, you know, you are the last dragon. You possess the power of the glow of the glow by Dwight David. So I don't really, I'm not too familiar with him, but Vanity. Vanity herself is on the soundtrack. For mm -hmm. people that don't remember, one of the biggest pop stars of the 80s, protege of Rick James. Uh, you've got The Glow by Willie Hutch, who was a well-known musician and songwriter for the likes of Marvin Gaye, Michael Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. You've got Rhythm of the Night, by DeBarge, as I just said. You've got Stevie Wonder on there with Upset Stomach. I've got an upset stomach from a broken heart. Down. So you got that on there. You got Smokey Robinson on the soundtrack. You've got Rockwell, as in, sometimes I feel like somebody's watching me. Then you've also got uh, The Temptations with Willie Hutch again, Inside You. Then you've got just the regular score, which is fantastic. So it's a film that literally intertwines pop music within the plot, which is why these songs non-martial arts related work. But then also it does have a great score, which accentuates the action and a theme song, which is not only Motown-esque R&B pop, but also has that martial arts flair to it, which definitely connects it to this genre we love so much. And that's why... This is number five on my list. It might not be the most straightforward in the sense of martial arts, but I could not not put it on there. And I am very happy with that decision because it was a fight between this one and best of the best. And I made the right choice. No, if, if, it's, if it's the fight between those two, definitely correct choice. I listened to both those soundtracks, but particularly uh, uh, The Last Dragon multiple times trying to make that decision and uh i'm glad it made one of our lists yes it had to and i knew i, I had this gut feeling it wasn't going to make yours and not for a bad reason i was just like but one of us has to have it uh yeah. I, I know as silly as this sounds i feel like sifu alex and dre over at the kung fu genius podcast would have been disappointed if it didn't make our list oh yeah they, so if they're listening it's for you guys um okay so my final I've made a decision. I'm not going to have a tie in fifth place. So my final honorable mention is Yojimbo, 1961 by Masaru Sato. I 
it's it's on the honorable mentions because it's more about the story Honor, wait, and the characters. Honorable mentions. Honorable mention, yeah. Oh, this is your last honorable mention? On, last honorable mention. Oh, so okay. now I'm going to go with my number five. Oh, okay. My number five, because it was going to be a tie, but this movie is definitely oh. more, more driven. Number five is The Hunted by Kodo, 1995. It is taiko drum driven powerful and it just it maintains the tension acoustically yes acoustically which a lot of the films i think in my top five at least i'd say three of the three of the five are reliant reliant electronics actually probably four of the five do i wanted one that was highly highly acoustic which is why yojimbo almost made the list but there's just something about uh the way this this soundtrack comes together, particularly, particularly the 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 bullet train sequence, yes, uh, which is fantastic. But the the drums don't stop. It's always they're always there, like a like like electro electricity humming, and then they rise and fall, rise and fall. It's just a really fantastic soundtrack. There are a lot of great action sequences throughout the film, and you know, Koldo is not just drums. They they utilize a lot of wind instruments, woods. Uh, wood instruments and uh, other percussive uh, instruments that help build the tension and also when it has to be a quiet sort of ninja-esque sequence the the instruments are quieter when it's on the bullet train more loud and it's just overall it's it's fantastic that i without the soundtrack would the film be as good no you nailed it. And that was something that I'm going to be getting to uh, in uh, entry. That's actually farther down. But so Gavin, side note, Gavin makes a lot of recommendations to me. Most of them are pretty good. Some of them, not so much. This one, though, we watched at his place last time we were there because he had been like hounding me. You got to watch this. We got, And I'd always intended to. But the film itself has so many strong points. It falls short in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But man, that soundtrack and you nailed it. And I actually have an entry similar in a sense, I feel like on my list kind of but definitely that there's something very powerful about that style of music but uh any final notes on that no that that i'm ready i'm ready to hear your number four all right this is my number four which was for the longest time number one then got booted (laughs) off my list then went back on the list uh come back yeah and you know it really could be number one uh i and honestly I don't know why it left my list. I was just in denial and I was like, ah, and it was during the last Dragon Best, the best battle. And uh-huh. uh, I thought maybe this would be the sacrificial lamb, but there's no way. However, it did get pushed back way farther to number four, obviously. And that is, and this may be your number one. It's probably a lot of people's number one. Once again, it was my number one. Enter the Dragon. So am- it's on my list. Yep. Amazing soundtrack. We've got uh, Lalo Schifrin or Lalo Schifrin. Lalo? Like, is it Lalo. Lalo? Yeah, Lalo Schifrin iconic musician obviously the mission impossible theme like you had mentioned earlier in the episode the the enter the dragon theme is one of the most iconic it is amazing uh, once again it's i did pick that as my walkout music for a fight once the dj messed up and instead gave me biggie smalls we've talked about that before uh this song the whole soundtrack i love this film once again it's typically my my number one film of all time mm-hmm. uh you got the opening theme you got the ending finale battle you've got great music that uh, just the score throughout. Uh, it's got that, you know, Asian flair to it, for lack of a better term. Uh, but it's just very well executed. It's just, it's it's perfect. Now, there's no pop 
songs in this film. And, you know, that was a different time. That was before the introduction of pop music that kind of, I guess, Martin Scorsese is sometimes giving credit for, which would have been around this time, you know, like Mean Streets, mm -hmm. I think, came out shortly thereafter. And so it, it was not necessarily common to have a pop it, song. It, it, I mean, you did, you had like Raindrops Falling on My Head, you know, Butch yeah. Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And obviously there was always the nomination for best song, but sometimes it would just be the credits. Sometimes, you know, uh, it, it wasn't a necessity, but the End of the Dragon soundtrack is just iconic. Most people it, can recognize it. And it, it had to make my list. Once again, it was number one, but I think you will support my choices that jumped ahead of it. I, I think maybe one of the reasons why was... Uh, Really, it's just the theme that's the most iconic part, uh, but it's the subtlety of the rest of it and how well it fits the film and the martial arts sequences and the calmer moments and the mysterious moments that just make this soundtrack so fantastic. On any other day, it could have been my number one. Once again, up until this morning, it was number one. So it and it was it. Uh, it's when we first started talked about this list. It was my number one. It's fluctuated up and down the list repeatedly. It's never fallen off. Uh, at one point I thought about doing a surprise one and throwing in the big brawl because I love that opening theme song oh, and just the bass yeah. and the whistling also by Lalo Schifrin. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into it a little more later. I, I'm still, let's, I'll be honest. It's written in pencil and it, it could fluctuate between one and three. Alrighty. Alrighty. So let's go with your number four. My number four, it might be your number three, two, one, somewhere in there. It is Paul Herzog's oh. 1989 Lady Dragon. No, ah. uh, Kickboxer. It's it's on there, but uh, you go ahead and go first. Uh, it it is so I love it when just just like we were talking about with Samurai Fiction. I love it when it's one artist doing the entire soundtrack, yes. doing the compositions and the theme songs. You don't get and that as often. You don't, particularly in the post-1981, post, I don't know why I said 81, probably post-1980. Uh, you don't get you don't get that. You usually have someone who do, does the compo uh, compositions and then someone who comes in and does, or they've purchased some music or somebody to do a theme song. So it, it's, it's a little... Um, it's extremely rare. I think uh, uh, To Live and Die in L.A. did that with uh, with their soundtrack, to have an artist do the entire thing, including the theme song. And what's special about that and is that the soundtrack works from one, from the beginning to the end. Now, like, we'll, we'll get into more details. I know when, 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 uh, when AJ gets around to this, but there's something... There's something iconic about the sound. It captures not just the film. It's not doesn't just highlight, make the film better. Uh, all of these soundtracks make the film better. Right. Uh, it also is a time capsule that is not dated. It's a time capsule that you can jump into. There's there's certain theme songs that are like you can't really jump into them anymore. You can appreciate them in, in a, in its bubble, but this is something that, you know, we, I think last year we were like sharing a, a remix of it. It's, it's something that can perpetually be remixed in, in the new sounds and new technologies and new instrumentations that are coming out because it is timeless. So anyway, with that, I know you you have a lot more to say about that when we get to it. Sure. And I, I know why you said 81 because uh, your bias against one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time 
Xanadu from 1980. <laughs> Electric you, Light Orchestra. There you go. Olivia Newton-John. Can't beat it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so my number three, and I think I'm going to face a lot of heat for putting this one above my number four. And I originally didn't think I should have both of these on there because they're so similar in a sense, yet they are so different. And this one, the reason why it's ahead is a couple factors I'll bring up. I don't think it's on your list, but I am doing the soundtrack to the 1978, technically Bruce Lee oh. film, but also Bruce Bloitation film, Game of Death. Great choice. Yeah, Great. I thought, fantastic. I thought you were about to spit I'd, out your drink. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's that's a fantastic choice. And let me tell I, you it, why. it was, you know, there's so many movies we're trying to watch and, you know, it, it's and listen to it. And, uh, you know, I think oh, I got the Bruce Lee. I got the Jackie Chan. I got the Wesley Snipes film. So you like you try to whittle them down. And, and, and I, I didn't. That's a that was a blind spot. Great choice. Uh, yep. So first of all, I've always loved the soundtrack. Second. Once again, controversial statement. The theme to Game of Death is better than the theme to Enter the Dragon. I said it. John Barry does the score. Another, you know, equally probably as famous and well-established musician composer as Lalo Schifrin, in my opinion, who also did the James Bond films, which we all know how close I hold those to my heart. You know, he's responsible for with the original James Bond theme, if I'm not mistaken, right? In a sense. I'm going to go with... I'm going yes. to go with the same slow right that you went with. I, I forget because I just watched that document. Well, I shouldn't say just a couple months back, the documentary on Prime on the James Bond music, which is fantastic. But he, he'd been around from the early days of the Bond, composing a ton of the themes for the films and so forth. And they were obviously going for a James Bond style score with this. Now, is it similar to them? Absolutely. In style and tone. Is it derivative? Absolutely not. Is it, it is its own original entity. And that opening theme it can, it pumps me up. It gets me going. And the other thing about this soundtrack of this film real quick, Enter the Dragon is an incredible film. Game of Death is not. But this soundtrack makes it an incredible film in a sense. And certain sequences, which shouldn't be as good as they are, are made to be amazing by this soundtrack. So that is something that it does better in the sense of it's taking what really should have been a dumpster fire of a movie and making it epic. And it's all because of this score. So you have... The opening theme, which is fan-effing-tastic. Then you also have a lot of that subtle score throughout the film. Now, it does not have the Asian flair really at all, and that works perfectly. It has the James Bond-style flair, but it has, you know, songs for the action. It also has a very romantic, melancholy melody throughout, too, uh, which is in tone with the kind of dramatic storyline. They have specific songs for specific action sequences. Once again, the finale, it picks up again. There's also an amazing song, like pop song, which I don't understand how it hasn't gotten more credit because I've always thought it was so beautiful. And that's, uh, will this be the song I'm singing tomorrow? Which in the film is sung by the actress Colleen Camp. And she does amazing. And I can't believe no one else has re-recorded this just because I think it's such a beautiful song. So you have the the pop version, which she actually sings in it because she's playing a singer. That song is played over the end credits. But then also the score version of that is played during some of the romantic scenes between the Billy Lowe character and her. Uh, notice I didn't say Bruce Lee because it obviously wasn't Bruce Lee. It was either Tong Long or UNBL, but probably Tong Long. But anywho, this score is just so well done. It's, it's too good for this movie almost, but... 
you don't have a disconnect. It's not like, and that's one reason why I thought maybe I wasn't going to put it on there. Uh, I thought, oh, I'm doing an Enter the Dragon run. I already have a Bruce Lee one. Oh, there's a disconnect because it's not really martial arts. Like I was like, no, there is not a disconnect. It fits perfectly and it makes the film better, which I think all these soundtracks help accentuate the film. But I'd say this is the only one on my list that literally makes the film a better movie in that capacity. Like without the soundtrack, this film does not work for me. I love this movie, even though it's Bruce Bloitation. And I, you know, in retrospect, one of the main reasons I love it is the soundtrack. So for a soundtrack to be that powerful, to have the ability to change your perspective on the entire film based off of the soundtrack to take what should be absolutely terrible action sequences because not all the action sequences are great. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them are not so much, but have this amazing score backing it up. Yeah, that's why Game of Death, it's that combination of A, John Barry's incredible score and it has some pop music and it makes the film way better than it should be. And it's iconic. There we go. Great, uh, Great addition to this list. Uh, I think what what's really special is obviously we have Lalo Schifrin on this list. We have now John Barry on this list. Bill Conti didn't make it. Uh, for me so far, I'm basically kind of guessing at who we are. Ennio Morricone doesn't make this list. So it's really nice. Yeah. But it's really nice to Quincy Jones uh, doesn't make the list. But it's really nice to know that there are some composers who spent a whole who who spent an entire career outside of the martial arts genre and dipped in over to it and made an actual martial arts uh soundtrack not not a soundtrack that was their own and, and kind of like wedged in and uh, it's a great choice like i said it was a blind spot for me and a really nice addition and the closest quincy jones was going to get was the last dragon so unfortunately he's not on there <laughs> um so my number three my top my number one two and three could all be tied for three for third or first or second it could be tied anywhere um but because we we've lost the element of surprise for enter the dragon i'm going to put it at number three although going into today it was at number two and for about three months while we were waiting to record it was sitting at number one same uh Enter the Dragon, Lalo Schifrin, 1973. Um, fantastic soundtrack, start to finish. Uh, obviously, the theme song is great. I actually somewhat prefer the reprise right at the very end, the okay. shorter version. Uh, what makes this particular soundtrack stand out to me is The Fly. The song uh, The Fly on yep. the right in like the start of the second third of the soundtrack it's when you know bruce lee's going around kind of spying on the compound that song sticks out to me that song that song makes it onto my other playlist whether it's uh just my own playlist when before i'm going to write or a playlist for getting ready for action what have you it is it it's it really stand. It's it's the standout song for me beyond the theme songs that that uh sort of uh bookend bookend the the soundtrack on top of that um while there is no theme song in or i would say pop song in this film so there's no there are no songs with lyrics there is the bruce lee yell Ah. right and that theme song i the the old the the opening and closing 
basically is something that everybody, I almost feel like almost everybody living on this planet age, let's say 23 and up, has in the back of their mind. So it, while it is Bruce Lee dropping lyrics, air quote over here, over Lalo Schifferner, you know, being spliced in, sort of like Prince, how Prince did with his Batman soundtrack. It is, uh, it made Bruce Lee a household sound. Yeah. And so for that, definitely on the top five list. And I can see why if we recorded two days ago, Enter the Dragon would have been both uh, AJ's and my number one pick. Excellent. Uh, Input, excellent analysis. Yeah, I mean, it's but iconic. You, I, I do have one uh, one side thought before I forget. So, uh, Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. Lalo Schifrin. So, my dad, jazz musician, would share Ahmad Jamal with me, all these other jazz artists with me. And it was actually through Miles Davis doing a, a, like a rap album that I actually crossed the bridge over into jazz and started listening to jazz. Um, I shared with him Lalo Schifrin. Okay. And so uh, he would always say, does your friend have a new album out yet? I'm like, my ah. friend, my friend, who are you talking about? Lalo Schifrin. And so I'm working on a, so shortly after martial law, I got on a, t- a movie set um, for, it turned out to be a Lifetime Network movie. Um, anyway, uh, one of the people on the set, I think she was in uh, costumes or wardrobe. Okay. She was friends with Lalo Schifrin's son and Lalo Schifrin's girlfriend, uh, now fiance and wife, who used to do all the album cover artwork. So um, they knew, she knew I was a big Lalo Schifrin fan. So she's like, you got to come out and meet him. So I got to go out and meet him, get an uh, album. I never heard this story. Yeah, I got an album autographed, like two albums autographed. I was just like Lalo Schifrin. He like did, played some, you know, the trio jazz. It was fantastic. Uh, you didn't tell me. I don't know. I don't know if I did. I don't think you but did. It was no, at like a Barnes. It wasn't you. Someone else had a similar story to okay. where he sat down and played Enter the Dragon on the piano or something. Oh wow! But it wasn't you. So this is incredible. Yeah. So he, I got him to sign a, a record for my dad, and I got him to sign a record for me, and uh, and then afterwards with uh, his son, I think David Schifrin and his fiance and his other girl, they we went to see, watch The Exorcist and like had pancakes afterwards, and then I. That, so then, like, my dad's always like, oh, uh, how's your friend doing? How's your friend? Anyway, that's that's the – I had to share that story because Love in it. light of why we're doing the episode. So amazing. That is an incredible story. Uh, so my number two. This is my one two-way tie where I just – these films are so connected for me. Uh, and I had to get them both on the list, and it was uh-huh. the only way – uh, and you've already mentioned one of them, but it's tying with another one because it's the same composer, the same star, practically back-to-back movies. It is a two-way tie between Bloodsport and Kickboxer. They they both had to make this list, and I'm like, you know what? This is the only tie I'm going to do because they kind of, they are, I think people probably mistake them for each other a lot. Of the, people mistake the movies for each other a lot of the time. People would be talking to me like, oh yeah, I love Bloodsport, man, so good. When is the ball when he's training in Thailand? And I was like, <laughs> wait, no. And they're like, yeah, yeah, he trains in Thailand, then he fights the guy, uh, you know, and he's kicking the pole. I'm like, no, that's uh-huh. kickbox. They're like, no, no, it's Bloodsport. I'm like, no. And then I have to convince them. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, if anybody's sure, it's probably me. But uh, yeah, both I know. These- I, I- 
I literally had that conversation yesterday. They were talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Oh, he's kicking, he's kicking the pole with their, the tree with his leg. I'm like, that's kickboxing. No, no, it's blood sport, blood yeah. sport. Literally, they get blended all the time. All the time, which is why they are on my list together. Now, first of all, both are fantastic. Uh, you've got the iconic pop music from both of them, as we mentioned. So uh, it's Paul Herzog doing both with great scores and great pop music. So uh, in Bloodsport, we have Fight to Survive, which is the Kumite song. Kumite, Kumite, my heart's on fire. You're right. Uh, and you've got just, it's another one of those movies where a lot of the action throughout Bloodsport Shouldn't be as good as it is, but it's the score that accentuates the action and makes it so good because some of the choreography, as we all know, is a little wooden. Some of it is made beautiful by Van Damme's execution, but some of it, some of it's great, but some of it is like, oh, it's really dated, but the music keeps you up, keeps your adrenaline pumping with fight scenes that are like, imagine taking this music and maybe putting it in one of uh, like Chuck Norris's not as good martial arts films with the choreography being a little wooden, right? It would just really accentuate it. Mm -hmm. And it does that here uh, because certain sequences, the choreography is, you know, very straightforward, very basic, but the soundtrack really pumps it up. Now, the slow jam of Bloodsport, uh, which uh, let me look up the name real quick. Uh, let's see here. Uh Let's pull it up. Where the heck is the soundtrack? I just had it. Okay, hold on. All righty. And the soundtrack is available on Apple Music now. It wasn't a couple years back. But uh, on my own, the, when he's on like the montage and Jackson's in the hospital, like that's that song's okay, right? But just so much of the music throughout, you can put it on and just get kind of like pumped up. Like, because it's, it's fight scene music, right? And it just totally works uh even the setting of the the walled city in hong kong mm -hmm. that kind of gritty like it, it's very synth based some of it and it just works there's even a song on the album called kumite it's not the kumite song but that one's fantastic just so much good music then you segue into kickboxer right which has this like you know overall first of all streets of siam the opening credits is i've had that song on my, it was one of the first songs i ever bought on apple uh, on iTunes back in the day. Uh, just one of the first, because I love that song. Then you've got uh, Feeling So Good Today, right? Which is iconic because it's a dance, Jean-Claude Van Damme's dance number, which the whole world <laughs> knows, even if they don't know the movie. Then you've just got some amazing training music, right? Which we, Beautiful. we all love. Beautiful. And it's, it's like Asian inspired. It's got that flair we talked about, but it's also not being, uh, uh, it's not, for lack of a better term, cultural appropriating. It, I, was, right? I think that's exactly it's, the term. It is yeah, not. It, it is not. It's inspired by it. It's, uh, you know, it, it just it, the, go ahead. It fits right into that like beautiful spot of new age. Yes. Smooth jazz, pop rock orchestration, which right. is a really, it's like, sounds like it's a really wide net that's been cast. But that's why I was saying when we were talking about when I was discussing it earlier, it is it is time specific to 1989, but it is also timeless. It just this couldn't have been made any other year. Nope. And yet it can be listened every year. 
Yeah, and it's got some of the like the Stone City. Uh, what's the one other one of the ones I like? Uh, Buddha's Eagle. These are all just great like Fantastic. training music too. Very kind of more like Tai Chi. Yes, there's even a song on there called Tai Chi, right? Because they're doing Tai Chi, which is supposed to be Muay Thai. Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that's why these two make it on there. They're iconic. They have great pop music. They have great a great score. It accentuates the action because once again. That whole fight sequence in Kickboxer where he's drunk and dancing uh, feels so good today. That It's not a great choreographed fight. It's funny and stuff, but the song, the music also, and it is very James Brown inspired. Like it makes you think, once again, Rocky Four living in America. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just got that same style and tone. Very, very solid, great soundtracks. I'm not sure if Mr. Paul Herzog is still around. Someone should bring him back to do one of these like retro homage films that are coming out now. Why the heck not? He is one of the best, obviously. He has two of the most iconic martial arts films. He's also done some others, as you uh, briefly hinted at before. But yeah, this is my number two entry. It's a two-way tie between Bloodsport and Kickboxer because these films are truly martial arts films. They're two of the most iconic martial arts films. And these soundtracks cannot be... uh, you know, separated from the films because they are, they blend together in all the best kind of ways. And that's Absolutely. why they are a two-way tie for number two. Fantastic. And I, I just want listeners to know at this point, I have no idea whatsoever what is number one on AJ's list. No <laughs> idea. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, so with that said, I've been going back and forth on my number one and number two, and I'm going to ask you some advice right here without mentioning the names. Does the superior film get the nod or does the superior soundtrack get the nod? Both, which is why my number one is pretty special in my opinion. Yeah. So that's and why that, that was another factor is it, it kind of had to be both, right? Yeah, it does felt, have to be both. Yeah. It does. And that's, so that's why Enter the Dragon lived so long on my number one, yep. because it is sp- such a special film and soundtrack. And that's why my number two, which bumped everything and was living in number one for the last 36 hours is now my number two. Uh, Because as we talk about these films, the special film has to be in first place. So with that said, much like Paul Herzog, I'm picking a gentleman who has made a career uh, doing soundtracks for martial art films, including Above the Law, uh, Code of Silence, Hard to Kill, Marked for death, a portion of, but none of those make the list. There's one that makes the list. Be a nice guy. Out for justice. Okay. It makes it, it, makes it to number two. Uh, it was a surprise for me. I thought it was going to be Code of Silence, uh, the who, Chuck who Norris film. Who does the film. soundtrack? David Michael Frank. Okay. David Wait. Michael Frank. David Frank Michael. Uh, David Michael Frank was the Green Ranger, right? Or, Well, hold on. Now I'm gonna. I, I did. I did all this research. It's all. It's all right here. I swear. Oh, I wrote it down. Ah. Bear with me, dear audience members, while I. Um, oh, you hear soundtracks going. That's funny. When I open my phone, it actually works perfect. <laughs> okay. But I, I don't think the the it'll pick it up. Okay. Did let's David, see here. Music by David Michael Frank. Okay. Th- yeah. There you go. Okay. So there, David Michael Frank. There we so, go. Why why this soundtrack over the others? I'll tell you why not hard target or hard to kill or uh or mark for death. It's just it relied too heavily on 
the the pop songs that are being released and they just didn't integrate in the film as well okay uh code of silence could easily have made the list same with above the law but they're recurring themes between the two of those out for justice when i saw this film it it was the first time i sat down with my mother to watch a steven seagal film to see if uh if i would be allowed to watch steven seagal films because it was i was not 18 i was not 17 and uh it was horrifying it was a horrifying experience watching this film. It is violent. Yes. But upon re-watching the film, I don't want to say it's not as violent as it was when I first watched it. The soundtrack makes you feel like it's more violent. Okay. Because when uh, William Forsythe is walking around, when Steven Seagal is walking around looking for each other, they both look like they have massive heartburn and... <laughs> And my watching it with the soundtrack, I have heartburn. The soundtrack is so well done. So you can listen to it on, you know, you can listen to the music, right. uh, uh, just the soundtrack alone. And it works. The The pop songs, they have like six or seven pop songs. Then it goes into the, the, the three uh, long suites. But when you watch the film, the pop songs go in and out. There's even a scene where it's a pop song going on inside a, a room while Steven Seagal's outside. And then it's David Michael Frank, like, dun, 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 dun. and then inside it's the, it's the mambo music. And then, and then the music stops outside. He's inside creeping and there's the music you kind of hear. It it's just the, the sound editing on this film is fantastic, which is also one reason why this pops, this one is so high on the list. It is probably David. It, I believe it's David Michael Frank's last time working with a uh, Seagal or on a Seagal film. Uh, and it's probably the best sound mixing ever blending between when it's a, when it's a, a pop song and when it's not, I've always disliked when someone puts a tape in their car and the song's playing and then they exit the car and the song's still playing in the movie. This doesn't happen. It's like clearly like in the room, you're in the alleyway and now you're outside and, Steve, and Steven Seagal is driving down the street having a heart attack because the music yeah. or or uh, William Forsythe is walking down the street after having a minute, uh, a moment of road rage and another, he's also having a heart attack. The, the music is pumping throughout. The music makes the film better. Uh, it makes it probably one of Seagal's best films, despite the fact that it is also one of Seagal's probably most unrewatchable film because of the level of intensity and violence that exists in the film. William Force, as, as hard as Seagal goes, William Forsythe goes further. I know we're not talking about the film, but without this soundtrack, I don't think I'd watch the film. Uh, with the soundtrack, I was intrigued and I kept going back and listening to the music cues and was just, the suite is one long suite in, in this, on the soundtrack, but where Michael David Michael Frank has the music go in and then pause for a little bit, then come back, then pause, then come back and go for an extended period is really well done. You've inspired me, and I love Out for Justice. You've inspired me to go back and rewatch it and pay attention more to the soundtrack. Because the main thing I remember is it also features the Beastie Boys. It does right in the beginning. Yep. So yeah, it's it's it the sound that's the that's one of the pop songs. There are two pop songs that play out over over the top of the film, and then the rest of it plays out. The other pop songs play in the bar or play in the in the restaurant, play in the in the hideout. So it's it's all very organic, except for those two real pop songs, and then you know. The, the theme, the theme is just so good. And I recommend watching it with uh, your headphones on and you're just going to like get rocked. 
I love it, man. I love it. Fantastic choice uh, that I, I I didn't think of. So that's great. And that's why that's the thing. At the end of the day, so many films could have made this list. But alrighty, we're now at our number ones. We are. And you have no idea what my number one is. No, it'd be funny if it's the same, but I don't think it is. I don't think so. Uh, so my number one. And once again, I've talked about how much I love this film. It is one of my top five films of all time. It, it And this soundtrack, not a single pop song on it. It's completely score-based, but it is inspiring. It is motivating. It is tragic. It is beautiful. I can meditate to this soundtrack or I can work out to it, which is insane. It you You are literally inspired by warriors of the past. You can transport yourself to Japan when listening to the Last Samurai soundtrack. Excellent. I, it's not your number one, is it? No, it's not. Okay. But it's funny because like last night when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, I bet AJ's going to have this on the list. And then it just like completely wiped from my mind. So first of Excellent all- Excellent choice, by the way. Excellent Hans choice. Hans Zimmer, man. Hans Zimmer. For those of you that don't know, one of the most iconic- uh, film composers of all time. So we've talked about like Lalo Schifrin. We talked about John Barry being very, but Hans Zimmer is maybe like, could be the number one film composer of all time. Uh, he's won two Oscars, four Grammys, uh, and he's been nominated for three Emmys and a Tony, but just it's, it's, all of his music's incredible. But this film, The Last Samurai, the, the soundtrack, you listen to it and some of the songs will start off slow, then go big right because they're like battle scene music and but then there's just the soft beautiful songs that and and it you can literally see the film again right and it's just i i don't know how to explain this this soundtrack connects to my soul uh i i meditate to it a lot you know every night i sit in my massage chair it's kind of my form of meditation at the moment you know i burn my incense i chill i can go to this one and play it almost every night because even the big like uh songs that that really pick up uh, like Red Warrior, for example, is one I like. That one starts off slow, but then mm -hmm. picks up and you've got like the battle cries and the screams of the the samurai. And you just feel this connection to a bygone era of warrior culture of really Bushido, right? And like honor. And I don't know why this soundtrack sticks so much with me. I've always wanted one of these songs to be my walkout music for fighting. The problem is they so much of them start off slow, right? <laughs> yes. So by the time you-, you That would be get, a great walkout. Especially for the amateurs, you at most get maybe 90 seconds. And all of these songs, <laughs> even the big battle ones, the first like two minutes are usually slow and it's a buildup, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's Red Warrior, uh, The Way of the Sword. I mean- uh, Spectres in the Fog, A Way of Life, which I kind of look at as the, the most iconic one on the, it's just so beautiful. And it, it takes you back to the film itself where you see the evolution of the character, right? The the music also evolves throughout, right? Because, you know, you have the early battle scenes, but then by the time you get to the finale, you you understand truly what Algren is now fighting for this, you know, what Bushido means, what honor means, what it means to live with integrity and purpose. And those themes are intertwined within this soundtrack. And I don't know how Hans Zimmer did it, but he's a musical genius and he did. And that's one of the amazing things about this soundtrack is, like you said, the film is one of my all-time favorite films. The soundtrack is as it made my number one spot because they are both just level 10. You know, there is no, 
differentiation. It's not like with Bloodsport where the music helps accentuate some mm-hmm. of the action or Game mm-hmm. of Death, which is like, as we said, a Bruce exploitation film with an incredible soundtrack. This is an absolutely beautiful, powerful film that has an equally as beautiful and powerful soundtrack that leaves you inspired. So when you've got a film whose narrative and acting and everything else in between an action on scene is inspiring you with a soundtrack that's equally as dynamite, right? It's just... It, it, it's part of the overall cinematic experience when watching this film. Now, you know, in, in a classical sense, some people are like, oh, well, you know, the soundtrack or, you know, you should be able to make a film without the sound or the music or wall-to-wall music and this or that. But just you, you already have an absolutely incredible visceral film on screen. Now you take this just phenomenal musical score and add it on there. Man, it's like... It's like putting bacon on an already amazing cheeseburger. Oh, I and like an, that's a and fantastic. And an avocado and an egg. <laughs> Random analogy, but yes. So The Last Samurai is my number one. Hans Zimmer, you can listen to this you know, on Apple Music, on whatever. Very, very special to me. I love this soundtrack. And in research, I just realized in about like two weeks it's the 20th anniversary of the last samurai it almost feels like there is a podcast episode in the making here you might to discuss an anniversary oh you might have read my mind anywho yeah so that's my i I love it it it, it's fantastic it's a fantastic choice and just like we talked about earlier with the the hunted soundtrack in kodo uh, a soundtrack that relies on the acoustics yes of course there's some electronic instrumentation probably throughout any one of these soundtracks but it's an acoustic soundtrack and it captures a time and it also um if if we want to follow a different analogy of martial arts being uh, the way of the fist the way of the flying foot the way of the way of like using your body mm-hmm. it's it's acoustic Right. Yeah. It's not if they're not. I mean, there are weapons involved, but they're you're you are the weapon in so many of these cases or you are the, you know, with an Aikido like you, you are you become one. So there's something about like these acoustic com- compositions that are one with the film. And I'm, I'm really tr- stretching too hard to find this analogy. But what I'm saying is essentially with The Last Samurai, you have a film and you have a soundtrack that are one. And I think this is a fantastic choice. I, I understand why we both moved Enter the Dragon down a little bit because there is there is a little, here's the music, here's the film. And I mean that with all due respect. I mean, that's where films were back at that point in time. And that film was ahead of its time. That composition is ahead of its time. It's on both of our top five lists for a reason. Yes. But what you have with The Last Dragon is this- The Last mar- this, The Last Samurai. Yeah. Thank you. Last- I was looking down at my notes where sure. you right, wrote that you did Last Dragon. The the Last Samurai is you have this perfect marriage uh, between cinematography, between editing, between acting, between the direction, the writing, and the soundtrack. It is this it is this you can't have one without the other, but they all stand alone perfectly. Yes. So fantastic choice. Thank you so much. And uh, not to my own horn. But I got Lalo Schifrin, John Barry, and Hans Zimmer, and Barry Gordy into my list. Well, wait, wait, hold on a second. Who do I have on my list? I got Lalo Schifrin. I got David Michael Frank. I got Kodo, Paul uh, Paul Herzog, and and 
Yoon Biao for the champion in number one. <laughs> I no. kid. Yeah, you're kidding. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. No. Number one. Uh, number one, the RZA, 1999, Ghost Dog, Way of the oh, Samurai. How did I not even think of that? I mean, it on all honesty, would have never made my list. As we we know, I love that film. We watched it. You know, we did it for the podcast. Great film. But I just didn't even think about that. But man, right? Go, well, go I mean, for it's it. it it's basically. I mean, we know RZA as a, as a member of Wu Tang Clan, and their their love, uh, their adoration, their support of kung fu films. In many ways, uh, his crossing over to do this soundtrack. I know we, he's done other work in in martial art films, but his crossing over to do this soundtrack for this independent film by Jim Jarmusch, Jamarish, Jarmusch. We, oh. we had this discussion before. We did. I, I don't know. Refer back to our yeah. previous episode. Please go uh, back. <laughs> um, is a love letter to martial art films. And what I like about this film is just like, uh, just as we were mentioning about the, the marriage that's perfect between the film and the soundtrack of The Last Samurai. I feel that there is that same kind of bond and marriage between the Ghost Dog film and the Ghost Dog soundtrack. I mean, they're so intertwined that uh, Forrest Whitaker, who plays our, our lead protagonist, the samurai, is uh, or Ghost Dog, um, is actually popping the music in and listening to it right. as he as he drives through the city at night, and as he as, drives to his hits. As much as as important as that is for you within your choices. For people that don't realize, that is actually, it's also difficult to make the music as part of the diegesis of the film, meaning it is in within the narrative as well. The characters are hearing what we are hearing. And that's not always a flawless uh, thing. You know, it's it, it, it can be disruptive at times mm-hmm. or can actually, you know, uh, contribute to a disconnect. But when it's done properly, it, it really gives you that extra connection to the character and the film overall. Well, it, it's funny because you, you talked about how you use The Last Samurai for meditation. I would not use Alfred Justice for meditation. Nope. I would use Ghost Dog because yep. I, and it, it goes back to what we were discussing earlier, like the Jaws theme, I can see the shark. The Ghost Dog theme, I can see Forrest Whitaker training in like a strobe motion on the roof with with a sword, or I can go off and, and meditate on my own. Uh, it, it 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 kind of encompasses what I would want from my movie soundtracks. It allows me to be in that world, bring that world into mine, or visualize that world. Uh, and there's just so it's it, the marriage is so clear between these films. And of course, it's also a special film. The we talked about this before, and, and you can refer back to our previous episode to to. To, to listen to our talk on Ghost Dog, or you can li- tune in in two weeks and listen to our talk maybe on the on the Last Samurai. But there is this there is this connection that that uh, just like Paul Herzog's work, it's a time capsule. This film is a time capsule, but it's also timeless. And this marriage between the our protagonist and music, and also the Rizza's appreciation of martial art films, it just for me is. It's kind of a perfect soundtrack, and um, it's one of my favorites. Obviously, it is today my favorite, and as we've discussed, our favorite lists shift around a little bit, but 
my my top three were always going to be on this list no matter what. I love it, man. I, I love how both of our final choices came out of left field for both of us. Uh, that's great because we always love surprises. And I think they're both fantastic choices. Uh, that, that soundtrack of, it, it's interesting because someone may even think, well, like for me, I think, I, rem I do I specifically remember the musical notes or can I hum it from Ghost Dog? No, but I remember just really liking it. I really liked the subtleness of it. I really liked the simplicity, yet the complexity of it at the same time. Uh, and uh, my hat's off to you for that choice and my hat's off to the RZA. So now Sifu Alex is going to be really happy with our list because you chose <laughs> yes. from the Wu-Tang Clan. So uh, there we go. That's uh, our individual top fives. Go check out these films. Go check out these soundtracks. Make a, a workout soundtrack based off of these and you will not be disappointed. Agreed. That was a great list. I really enjoyed yours. Gives, yours as well. This is our longest episode in a minute, but I think people will appreciate it. I, I, I know I enjoyed making it. Yes. Uh, final thoughts. You want to do a, a language corner or should I? I got, I got a word for music. Yeah, so do I. That's <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever taught it before. It's super easy. Uh, inyue. Inyue. Yeah, so Y-I-N, uh, first tone, in, inyue. In. Yep. Inyue. Yep, perfect. That nice. just means music. I like it. My Japanese is ongaku. 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 Thank you. Gavin-sensei. ni. Okay. Okay. We, uh, I will see you. We're going to be recording this weekend and dropping an episode probably on Monday, and you'll see why. All right. Adios, Ooh. amigo.